Hello, and welcome to the Hindsights and Insights podcast. Here you'll gain deeper clarity of the challenging situations one can experience along the path of being a leader of positive change in an organization. As well, you will discover how to maneuver this path through the lessons learned from me, a fellow agent of change and business coach to others. I'm your host, Donna Lenzik, and I'm delighted that you've joined me today. So let's get into today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Hindsights and Insights podcast. I am truly delighted that both you and I are here today. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving into four things that limit progress with initiatives of positive change and also talk about how to address them. Since you found this podcast, you are likely a leader, manager, or director of a well-established business. Others likely see you as successful and ask you how you do it all. And yet privately, you know you can feel swallowed by responsibilities and compromises you've made in the past or are juggling from one urgent task to the next. And there's a small voice inside you in the back of your head that's reminding you that the changes that really matters most are not being done. And you know that there's a growing need for more sustainability or empowerment or both in both the world and the business. And at the same time, you know your organization should be doing more. Perhaps when you've brought this topic up in the past, you have felt some or experienced some resistance of some type, and you can feel like a lone wolf. And on the top of it all, you feel like you don't have time to delve into how to do this on your own with all your responsibilities. Even if some of this resonates with you, you are in very good company, and you're definitely not alone. I personally have experienced these situations exactly like this during my years standing for the customer priority in a large telecom, and repeatedly now with my business coaching and consulting clients. Over the years, I have seen four common things that limit progress in these types of endeavors. By addressing them early on, increases the probability of success. There's no epictal order, there's four of them, and I'm going to be sharing a little bit about them and how you can address them. So the first one is the urgent usurps the strategic, or as I used to say, the urgent always usurps the strategic. In our crazy busy world, we're all juggling many tasks, one urgent task to the next. We have many meetings during the day and between the meetings, urgent tasks arrive that your strategically important projects can end up being delegated for you to work on them in the evening. And as a result, progress is slow, if at all. And I totally, totally get this because I've been there. I repeatedly found myself during strategic planning sessions observing and sharing when I observed it, urgent always usurps the strategic. And I'll use one example, you know, if a cell tower is damaged and customers can't make calls, it's really not the time to be planning for upcoming year's construction build, for example, or if there's an increased amount of patience for some reason, that isn't really the time to start talking about future year's capital expansion. Similarly, positive change initiatives can easily be postponed for another day. The question is how you can change that and reverse that scenario. And you know, for each leader, it's a unique situation in so many ways, but there is some commonalities. First of all, having committed time to focus on it during the day at some level of frequency, whether it even is weekly or biweekly, preferably with someone else there so that you can have an external accountability to meet with. It can simply be something like a half hour or an hour booked in your calendar where you look at two things. One is actions taken from last time and actions needed to take before the next time. Or having that external accountability of needing to talk about it 
just increases the probability that it's actually going to happen. Secondly of all, often leaders need someone to help them out with a quest. This is kind of a continuation from the last one, but it is a little bit distinctive. And that is, if you could have a planner or a strategist or a project manager, a change manager, someone who's preparing for the meeting and will take actions out of it so that you are predominantly giving direction. That time is your time for thinking versus execution potentially. So that's the first one. The urgent usurps the strategic. Somehow we need to break that cycle for at least a little bit, even if it's only a half hour or an hour each week or every second week, whatever that might be. So the second one is change management is viewed as part of project management. While initiatives need project management and often sufficient people change management methodology can be applied to standard smaller size projects, to many leaders, project management is perceived as including sufficient change management, discipline, focus, and deliverables. And for these types of initiative where there's a significant people impact, nuances needed for a successful change are often overlooked and need that attention. Now, project management, very fundamental, important discipline to apply, and it's focused on delivering a technical solution within scope, within time, on budget. And change management is focused on enabling the benefits to be realized, that the change occurs within the organizations. So they're very complementary disciplines, but they are different. And for these types of positive change initiatives, there is often so much people change management shifts needed to make a real sustainable change to be realized that using only project management disciplines will not be sufficient. I've led corporate-wide culture changes and had project management, business lead, change management accountabilities. I've also had situations where I support other leaders to create the changes that they seek. So to get you started to uplift the change management discipline being applied on your initiative, create a list of your key stakeholders if you don't have one already. And then for each of your stakeholders, identify three things. Their willingness for the change. Do they have the ability to lead the change or do their part of the change? Will they be potentially resistant? And if so, what about? If there is any possibility of resistance by them, whether it's hidden or direct, that you clearly understand it or clearly hear it, what would that topic be? By looking at those three things, you're really creating some gold for yourself to be able to create the change management plan and strategizing on what information is really truly needed as a starting point to create the change that you need. So that was the second thing that can limit progress for positive change initiatives. And that was change management is viewed as part of project management. The third thing that can limit progress in positive change initiatives is unexpected resistance is going to appear. Now, when you're attempting to shift to a more positive change, whether it being more for more focus on the customer, for the environment or diversity, for example, those are just three simple ones that I can speak on the top of my head, you will likely face some level of resistance in the form of lip service. And I got to say that form of resistance is probably the worst kind you can get. Because you're disillusioned. You think you're getting true progress, but instead it's a facade for what's truly happening. And you think you have someone's support, but really you don't. So it's disheartening at minimum. And then if lip service isn't handled right, it will give you grief. Either it will be continued and your enthusiasm definitely going to wane. As a result, these types of positive change quests require a deeper change management plan than typical projects, like I mentioned before. But this is another reason why. A plan that has considered 
each of the key stakeholders and what their potential points of resistance are and how that can be mitigated is one example. I was once asked, what if someone who's giving you lip service is actually one of your sponsors? Well, I've seen that one. And it could be the time to strategize on how you could make a change in sponsorship work for you, them, and the quest. Now, that often happens when maybe they didn't realize as they signed up to being the sponsor of what was going to be needed. Or maybe something else happened in the working environment that they need to focus on and is a bigger fish for them to fry, or that's probably not the best phrase for me to use, but it's a bigger priority for them. And so the degree of support that they're giving you now for this initiative is less than what you anticipate, and maybe they do too. And particularly if it's a big thing that they're standing for, and his or her peers are not necessarily very supportive all the time, then he or she may have other things to fight for over your quest. So it's really important to take resistance management seriously and plan for it accordingly. So that was the third thing that can limit progress or positive change initiatives, and that being unexpected resistance will appear. The fourth thing that can limit progress for positive change initiatives is what I coin as the lone wolf goes as the lone ranger. A leading change like this can feel like you're alone in the world and that you don't really have someone truly to trust as a colleagues or team members as they're all part of the culture that needs shifting. And without someone to trust who is objective and can talk openly about issues and together brainstorm on the resolution, one will choose to work alone. And the spirit that started this all can easily dwindle and you can go circles in your mind. Now, working in isolation this way is truly not a fun place to be. The key thing is you don't need to do it alone. You just need to find the right partner for you. This is where ideally you have someone, whether it's the sponsor, ideally it'd be the sponsor, but whether it's a sponsor or a colleague or a change strategist or a peer someone that you can partner with. So those are the four common things that I have found that limit progress for initiatives of positive change. They are, as I coined them, the urgent always usurps the strategic. Secondly of all, change management is viewed as part of project management. Third of all, unexpected resistance will appear. And fourth, the lone wolf go as the lone ranger. Now, does any of these resonate for you? I'd love to hear from you which ones do. If one or more of these do resonate for you, I highly encourage you to reflect upon what you need to do to do two things. One is stop usurping the urgent for the strategic, even if it is only like half hour a week or an hour a week. And secondly, of all, starting to create the change that you need for that long-term sustainability, empowerment, whatever that might be for your business, your people, and the planet. To help you on this path, I leave the following questions for you to reflect upon. You will find them in the show notes. Here they are. What is it that continues to overtake your or your team's time and attention away from that strategic change your inner voice keeps reminding you of? Secondly of all, what could be put in place so that the urgent items are taken care of in a timely way, in the timely manner that is needed? And time and attention can be placed on moving this needle of strategic positive change quests that are seen needed. Third of all, do you have sufficient and time and tension on that people change management side of things to make the positive change initiative a reality? Are the people change issues large and do you have dedicated people on it or someone on it that is more focused specifically on that piece? Have you already observed lip service or other forms of resistance? Have you looked at who it's coming from, why it could be, 
and what messages are needed to reduce or preferably eliminate that resistance completely or significantly so you can move forward and with more ease. And lastly, do you sometimes feel like a lone wolf during these changes without knowing who you can really trust and brainstorm with? If you haven't experienced that yet, do you see the potential for it? And if so, who could help you to create a safe, objective space to talk things out? Those are the five questions I leave you with. I do encourage you to reflect on these questions as they can help you to see how to address these four common things that limit progress and instead start creating the progress that you seek. So glad you joined me for this episode of the Hindsights and Insights podcast. I do hope you'll join me again real soon. If you'd like to be notified automatically when new podcast episodes or other resources are available, you can sign up on my website, donnalensic.com. There you can discover more actionable insights intended to give you a shot of inspiration that you can use to create the change you seek in the world. You can find the link to my website in the show notes. Until we connect again, I leave this question with you. What is one action that you can take that moves you towards creating the change that you seek? I encourage you to take that next step forward. Our world is waiting for us to create the change that we seek. It's time. So let's go. Thank you.